Welcome back everybody to the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful on this Friday. We have made it through another week of American politics. It's great to be with you. Let's dive into our first story. Carrie Lake has had a situation blow up in her face in the most beautiful fashion possible. And she's just gotten humiliated by this whole affair. So we're going to get into all the specifics. But also after we dive into this situation that has blown up in her face, we will talk about a clip from her related to this that is so dangerous, so hold for that. But she has been encouraging people to believe wild theories about the election being stolen and voter fraud and all of this. And we've been talking about it and uh, highlighting the danger that that type of rhetoric poses. And despite that, despite many people calling that out, many, many people have bought into these lies, including public officials as well. So people who are board of supervisors, um, individuals in a county in Arizona stood with Carrie Lake's lies and refused to certify their county's election. Now that on its own is completely uh, horrible and represents the danger to democracy that all of these types of lies pose because that is their responsibility. 100% they're supposed to certify the election results in their county and then it goes to a statewide certification and they stood against that because of lies and claims that are completely baseless well one of the most humiliating things was highlighted if they refused to certify their election results and we'll get to how it ended up concluding but then the statewide certification would just have to ignore that county and it can't count those votes and what that would have done is flip two Republican seats to Democratic seats. Two elections that went Republican would then change into the Democratic Party's direction. Because as I'm sure you would have predicted, this county is a more rural and conservative one. That's why these Board of Supervisors, uh, some of them went along with Carrie Lake's lies. And so that means a lot of those votes were Republican votes. And that would have caused Democrats to do better in the state than they would have before. Now, again, that on its own, you, that's horrible, that's sad, that's dark, that people's voices would just not be heard. Even if their votes we wouldn't have agreed with, you still want them to be heard in our democratic process if people were trying to make it um, heard and known through their vote. But in a more lighthearted sense, watching Carrie Lake's lies lead to a situation that actually could have helped her opposition more is beautiful and so uh, karma-esque, you know what I'm saying? Really, really wild. Well, it got concluded. Katie Hobbs sued to have them certify their election results because that's their job under Arizona law. And a judge ruled that they would have to indeed do that. Um, and so that county, Cochise County, has had their election results certified. Uh, take a look at this. This is the judge. After a recess, the judge was clear. You will meet today. You will canvass the election no later than 5 o'clock. Cochise County Supervisors, without an attorney, were mandated to canvass the 2022 election. After and all canvass means is uh, certify. So it just went wrong in every way for Carrie Lake there. First, she finds out that her lies may lead to the Democratic Party actually doing better and two seats flipping um, in their direction. And then she finds out ultimately, okay, because she might not even care about that. She might just like that she gets to point and say, see, the election was so fraudulent that even one of the counties didn't certify the election. And that didn't even happen. And she is standing where she was before, which is in a place of complete baseless claims and conspiracy theories just to rile up her base. Now, here's the clip that I wanted to show you of her related to this. So it started being talked about that these individuals at the Board of Supervisors of Cochise County did not act in their legal purview, did not act in the responsibility according to the responsibility that they have under Arizona law. And so Katie Hobbs sued, but then other talks started beginning about is this a crime and should they be prosecuted for it? And so Carrie Lake comes out and says, well, they should be willing to go to jail for me essentially and they should be okay accepting these types of criminal charges to stand against the horrible stolen election i wish that somebody would say you know what arrest me then i don't care we need people with courage to say class what felony 
go ahead, go for it, arrest me, because this is a botched election and you're disenfranchising the folks in Mojave County when you allow this kind of an election in Maricopa County to stand. So uh, not only are people who are uh, in public office and standing against our democratic process going to hear those words from her. I just want people to get arrested in my name, pretty much. Also, those who follow her, who are just citizens, will hear that message. And that's what scares me. Because we saw on January 6th that people in the name of Trump and in the name of his lies were willing to go to jail, were willing to commit crimes to stop the election from being stolen in their mind. And we could see a similar thing with Carrie Lake, and that's the deadline that they've set. The Steve Bannons of the world, the Trumps of the world, and the Carrie Lakes of the world have said, we need to prevent certification, the statewide certification. And so I don't like how it feels to see the anger building among the Arizona MAGA citizens and have them being told, you know, I just wish people who were standing with my lies would, of course, that's not her wording, but would be willing to get arrested and class what felony? because that might push them just over the edge where of course she wasn't directing it towards them, but they could take that message as well. And that's very scary in what actions they could then feel are justified. Barack Obama went to Georgia to uh, campaign with Raphael Warnock in the very important runoff race going on in Georgia for that Senate seat, Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. Hopefully Warnock will pull it through. And I have a few moments from this event to show you a couple of Obama and then a couple of Raphael Warnock, and they're all great. So the first Obama um, <laughs> pokes fun a little bit at Herschel Walker for his recent bizarre and long history, actually, of bizarre public statements that don't make a whole lot of sense. Every day. Since the last time I was here. <laughs> Since the last time I was here, Mr. Walker has been talking about issues that are of great importance to the people of Georgia. Like whether it's better to be a vampire or a werewolf. This is a debate that I must confess I once had myself. <laughs> when I was seven. good stuff um but yeah i mean just the unseriousness of herschel walker as a candidate here's that moment that he was talking about where no one really knew what was going on with herschel walker oh yeah watch a stupid movie late at night hoping gonna get better don't get better but keep watching it anyway because <laughs> the other night the other night i was watching this movie i was watching this movie called fright night sweet night or some type of night but it was about vampires i don't know if you know vampires are cool people are they not but i'm telling you something that i found out a werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then anyway, as I'm watching this movie, and then you tell you how stupid it is because it's one in the morning. So I'm watching my TV. Are uh, these kids watching their TV? A uh, vampire kill on their TV. So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching though. As I'm watching this show, what was funny, these kids had a vampire in their attic at their house. So they were watching their TV, now, I'm watching my TV. They're watching their TV. Are they All right, I'm going to cut it off there. I <laughs> can't take it anymore. Yes, so that connects to the Georgia senatorial race somehow. And then here's how Obama ended his appearance campaigning for Warnock. If Miss Cooper didn't get tired, then I can't be tired. If John Lewis, even in his 70s, wasn't tired, I got no excuses, I can't be tired. And if I'm not tired, you can't be tired. If the men and women who had to endure the sting of discrimination, the smack of billy clubs, weren't tired. If the folks who had to fight those early fights, those were the tough fights for union rights, and voting rights, and gay rights, and women's rights. If they didn't get tired, you can't be tired. 
So I do like that message because I think me more than some within the kind of progressive media left um, or progressive media cohort, I guess, do think that not all innocence and the other issues need to be discussed as well, but a whole lot of our conversation around what is broken with our current system should come back to, but we as the people can fix it and are responsible for fixing it. I forget who said this quote, but it was something like, when you live in a democracy, there's no one to blame but yourself, which it is so enraging, so enraging to watch the way that powerful people have rigged our system to help powerful people more. And it's so enraging to watch the way that our system hurts more these people more than these people and all this but we are the ones that have to step up and change that we can't wait for someone else to do it for us we are the ones as the everyday person that has to get involved in our democratic process to make these changes that are necessary we can't just hope that powerful people are all of a sudden going to change their minds and be more pro working people or pro um, non super super wealthy powerful person right and so it is really at the end of the day, our responsibility to make it happen. And we can't get tired in that fight. And so I like that message from Barack Obama because it's one that I absolutely agree with and think needs to be repeated often. Because there's really nothing that we uh, can't do in our, in our democracy if we properly engage in our democratic process. That's something I very much believe. Here's the two appearances I wanna show you from Warnock. He was an amazing running back, and come next Tuesday, we're going to send him running back to Texas. Are you ready to win this election? Heck yeah. Uh, I do like how he fit in a little jab there about the fact that Herschel Walker, we've now learned does list his primary residence as in Dallas, Texas, or a suburb of Dallas, Texas, and not in Georgia because the house that he listed as his residence in filing to run for Senate was being rented out to other people. Hmm. Um, or, you know, he or his wife was renting it out to people. So clearly he's not living there day to day. Second moment here from Raphael Warnock. If we're honest, I believe in my soul that Georgia knows that Georgia is better than Herschel Walker. Come on. Georgia is better than Herschel Walker. about the people to actually know the issues. You deserve a senator who will tell you the truth. You deserve a senator who actually lives in Georgia. Great stuff. Both Obama and uh, Warnock are kind of at the top of the top as far as within the Democratic Party, communication, style, and skill um, for sure. And so it's very fun to watch them talk. Well, it's a very, very important race, and we'll be covering it um, next Tuesday. So tune in for that coverage. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if you want to see me tweet every once in a while, I try to make it over there occasionally. You can go to Luke P. Beasley. I realize I've never plugged it, so I'm trying to now, even though Twitter does seem to be falling apart a bit. But as long as it's there, you can check me out. I have had people saying, why aren't you ever mentioning where your Twitter is or how do I find it or uh, etc." That's how you do it, Luke P. Beasley. Kanye West has been banned for, uh, from Twitter. Why he's just now getting rebanned, I don't know. But I know what you're asking. If it wasn't the uh, death con to all Jewish people that 
after him saying that he was eventually let back on when Elon Musk took back over. If it wasn't his interview with Alex Jones where he says he likes Hitler and praises Hitler and Nazis, what was it? Well, Kanye West posted a swastika on Twitter. Take a look at this. As Mediate reports, Kanye West shares image of swastika combined with Star of David after saying he loves Nazis and Jews. Kanye West posted an image of the swastika photoshopped inside of the Star of David on Twitter Thursday night, hours after he professed his admiration for the Third Reich and its leader. So there's the photoshopped photo, Star of David and swastika combined. Well, uh, and then he included yay24 love everyone hashtag love speech and this is something he's been trying to uh change the conversation in this direction which is <laughs> me praising nazis just shows how i love everyone including jewish people no sir you are perfectly willing to be hateful towards jewish people but you that's even more highlighted, better highlighted by the fact that you feel passionate about making your love for Nazis uh, known. Well, then we see that Elon Musk apparently personally texts Kanye West to warn him that he's going to be banned and respects him enough to do that. Who gets that treatment? I don't know. But here's this text, at least from the perspective of Kanye West, this is what he posted. Elon Musk texting him, sorry, but you've gone too far. This is not love. And it's a screenshot of that Star of David uh, and swastika combination. And then Elon Musk tweeted, I tried my best. Despite that, he again violated our rule against incitement to violence. Account will be suspended. So it seems to be the case that Elon Musk is learning now why it's not so simple to just say everybody gets to be on the platform unless they're committing a crime. Because it becomes for lack of a better term, uh, actually a hellhole. That's what it becomes, right? It becomes completely um, unenjoyable to exist on a platform where individuals are allowed to be this hateful, to be Nazis openly and all of this. Now, as a reminder, not too long ago on 10-6-2022, the House Judiciary GOP Twitter account tweeted out Kanye, Elon, Trump on their account. Now, after this swastika Star of David post, they have since taken that tweet down. Finally, finally, they've taken it down. Last element of this, the amount of harassment that is gone out the wazoo because of Elon Musk now being the new owner is significant. Look at this. Uh, before Elon Musk bought Twitter, slurs against black Americans showed up on the social media service uh, an average of 1,282 times a day. After the billionaire became Twitter's owner, they jumped to 3,876 times a day. That is slurs against black Americans. Slurs against gay people or gay men specifically appeared on Twitter 2,506 times a day on average before Mr. Musk took over. Afterward, there uh, use rose to 3,964 times a day. And finally, anti-Semitic posts referring to Jews or Judaism soared more than 61% in the two weeks after Mr. Musk acquired the site. And this is an analysis done by the New York Times. So it's becoming worse and worse to exist on Twitter because of Elon Musk's uh, management of it. And even he's finding out why you have to have some level of terms of service when you run a platform like this. Donald Trump posted the strangest video when he does these videos, kind of a message to his followers, standing up, talking. It's always very awkward and uncomfortable, and this one is no exception. So he's calling for January 6th rioters not to be treated so bad by our legal system, and we just won't stand for this, and it's absolutely horrible. I want you to do something though while you watch this. Just look kind of chest down. What I mean by that is his arms. The way I said that was so strange and I understand that. <laughs> I mean, uh, watch his arms and try to ignore his face because we got so accustomed to watching his face 
that it's not as strange as it should be. But his odd style of speaking is made so known when you just stare at his arms. Just watch, okay? <laughs> Unconstitutionally, in my opinion, and very, very unfairly, and we're gonna to get to the bottom of it. And you know what I've said, I take it very seriously. I have never seen anything like it at all levels. It's the weaponization of the Department of Justice, and we can't let this happen in our country because our country is going, not socialist, they've skipped over that. They skipped over socialism. Our country is going communist. This is what happens, and we can't let it happen. We have to stop it. So I want to thank everybody for working so hard. I know how hard you're working to get justice for people that are imprisoned right now and people that are being tormented. We can't let it happen. We're going to stop it. And we're going to win. Thank you all very much. Unconstitutional. So uh, the reason why that stood out to me, the arm thing, and then I'll get to the actual important part of this, I promise, is, you know, when you open up Twitter um, or a particular tweet and there's a video embedded it'll just start playing muted uh i had opened it up and i started doing something i opened up my computer and started doing something on my phone while i was preparing for today's show and then looked over and it was muted and i was just watching his arms go back and forth like this the whole time and it really uh it tickled me i'll say but uh to the specifics of the uh odd and dishonest part of this i don't get this i'm so sick of it and i know it sounds like i'm just getting into politics um, to even take note of the fact that he's calling America communist right now, but I'm not, and I've heard it a million times, but yet still it strikes me as just so strange that an audience can sit there and listen to Trump go, we've gone full communist. Look around at their life and think, yeah, he's being honest. That's true. We are practically in a communist country. What are you talking about? point at one policy that has been proposed even, but specifically implemented by the Biden administration, any Democrats in Congress that is communist. Explain that to me. Because the funny thing is, in conversations with conservatives sometimes in my personal life, I'll say something like that. Isn't it so strange that your leaders just casually say things that are so inaccurate? And they'll say, well, so do Democrats. They call Republicans fascist. But it's so different because anytime that I use the word fascism to describe some part of the MAGA movement or rhetoric or an action, I immediately followed up for the most part with why. So if I were to tell you MAGA is fascist, I would, I think, be responsible to explain that one of the key tenets of fascism is to be anti-democratic, to be authoritarian. And by denying the election results and wanting to keep Trump in power as president, when he didn't win, he wasn't the victor, but keep him as president. And a lot of them were thinking the military, I've talked to people on the ground at rallies who say the military should install Trump president and call the election null and void that declared Biden the winner. That is a fascistic uh, ambition. I'll explain it. Anytime they call out this mysterious communism that's happening, I don't hear that. Nothing. There's no description about here's how, why they're communists. All I hear is Twitter bans people. <laughs> Sometimes that'll be the explanation. January 6th defendants are being held accountable for their actions on January 6th. Ooh, communism. So scary. People are going through our uh, legal process for committing crimes. That doesn't strike me as anything communist. Or, oh no, they want to give you health care. Communism! I really don't get it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram if you want to see some behind-the-scenes stuff every once in a while, personal life stuff, Luke Beasley Official on Instagram. Donald Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., has been doing a show, I guess. That's what this looks like. And he is off his rocker. I don't know what's wrong with Don Jr., but something is, is off when you watch him speak in these contexts, even worse than I've seen him uh, before, frantic and strange. So here's the clips I want to show you. The first is, let me just read part of the quote. Quote, how often, he's talking about Biden's 
support or lack thereof of the protesters in China. Of course, the White House has said they're supportive of the Chinese uh, citizens' right to protest peacefully. But he's pretending that they're completely not supportive. And this is why. How often, this is his wording, have they invested in crackheads? China invests in a lot of crackheads, folks. It's what they do. They get every crackhead and they give them a billion dollars. Okay, so try to decipher with the strange, strange energy that he's bringing to this video, what the heck he's saying. Like a billion dollars, you know, they're sovereign wealth funds. They say it wasn't the government directly, even though they control every entity. Give me a break. But just so we're clear, how- If you're listening to this as a podcast, just believe me or go check out my YouTube channel and watch this. Something's bizarre. He's moving his hand like he's so jacked up on caffeine or something. How often have they invested with crackheads? Ask yourself this, watch what's going on. One of the great revolutions of all time. The US is silent. Big tech is aiding, abetting, and people- Are his eyes shut right now? <laughs> people who simply want freedom are being crushed. Their will to live destroyed. Almost shocked at the level of silence. And then I remembered, you know what? China's billion dollar investment into Hunter Biden when he flew over there on Air Force Two and walked away. You know, China invests in a lot of crackheads, folks. It's what they do. They definitely don't do other diligence than that. They get every crackhead and they give them a billion dollars into their fund, right? No, no, no. That investment is paying off in spades right now, folks, because we've sold our soul to the devil, folks. Trump was right. Trump's policies were right. They were working. And now we took it all away and gave control back to the commies. Great work, folks. Keep it up. Yeah. Um, I would respond to what he said, but I have absolutely no clue. So we'll move on to the second clip. Uh, he then, in a different appearance, again, I don't know if this is a show or just whenever he posts stuff on YouTube, he puts a little Don Jr. logo. Uh, but still on the topic of the Chinese Communist Party, saying that uh, Apple is controlled by them and that's why Apple is threatening to pull Twitter off the App Store even though they're not. And uh, Elon Musk, as we'll see in a second, has said that they've cleared that up and they're not threatening to take them off the App Store, but uh, doesn't stop Don Jr. here. Apple cuts out their one form of communication because Elon Musk had the gall to not have Twitter be like a 99 to 1 platform, liberal insanity to conservative pushback, Apple threatens to remove them from the iTunes store. Think about that. Because Elon Musk wanted free speech and also wanted to push back against like the sexualization of our children and like getting rid of like, you know, child pornography on the platform. I know it's a grave. Wait, 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 wait. Who? Who is, is not down with taking that off the plate. Everyone, the left, the right, I would assume, I would hope, is great with the idea that we should not have uh, child pornography on Twitter. Of course, everyone's on board with that. This is not a political debate going on. This is what's so irritating about covering these types of individuals because they're feeding information about what the opposition wants or pushes for that just is not accurate. Threat. I know that's a major threat. Uh, to, you know, big tech or whatever. But those two things became a priority in Twitter. You know what? We're going to keep watching this, but I just want to say this now. <laughs> I think as someone who speaks into a camera, there should be a rule to yourself. You should learn your mind that if your camera is cutting off, like above where your nipples are, like right here and up, your hands should be in the frame less than 50% of the video because his hands are like up here the entire time. I know that's not important guys, but it's what's making me laugh. So just uh, entertain me. Twitter and now they're gonna remove it? Give me a break. The big tech censorship must stop. We must push back. And I hope that Elon does produce that phone and puts these guys in check because they cannot allow this continue. It's why Donald Trump was right to push back in China. It's why his policies were effective. And it's why so many people hated them because they too need China. They too jump when China tells them to. Don't forget it. Okay, we'll stop it there. But uh, 
to clarify again, Elon Musk even said, okay, no, Apple isn't threatening as the uh, HuffPost puts here. Elon Musk says Apple isn't threatening to remove Twitter from the app store after all. But one of the parts they have focused in on is, okay, they're not threatening to take off the app store, but they're not allowing, or they're not advertising as much on Twitter. And you can see here, I just uh, Googled to find this tweet that came up previously. Elon Musk tweeted, Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech? Wait, what? So the stance now from the right is if a company doesn't pay you their free speech uh, or, or they're violating your freedom of speech, how, how does anyone watch that, listen to that, read that and not think, okay, they're completely unserious and they must be scamming me somehow or uh, dishonest in some way because clearly Apple making a decision that they're allowed to make to not advertise on Twitter is up to them and has nothing to do. Actually, it is a free speech issue. It's their free speech right not to do that. If they don't want to put their advertisement in certain places, they don't have to. Why would the First Amendment <laughs> mandate that uh, Apple advertise on Twitter? That doesn't make any sense at all, but it's the logic that we get. And uh, unfortunately, that is very much the case. Speaking of Twitter, I'll remind you guys to follow me at Luke P. Beasley. I'm finally starting to get active for some reason while everything's falling apart there. That's just how uh, my logic goes. So Luke P. Beasley on Twitter. Joe Biden is pushing to have South Carolina be the first primary state in the Democratic primary, uh, presidential primary. So as you guys know, uh, Iowa is always the first, then New Hampshire's the second, Nevada the third, if I'm not mistaken. And it's always seemed a little strange to me that Iowa was the first, just because I feel like there's so many that are a little bit more representative to kind of give the Democratic Party a sense of where their base is at. Um, and Iowa, while we want to hear their voice too, 100%, isn't necessarily as representative of the Democratic Party as a whole. And uh, that's kind of the issue that's being raised by people like Biden and in the Democratic Party. It's also fair to say the only reason why Biden and the establishment is doing this is because right now, states like South Carolina do go more for Biden-like candidates, kind of the more moderate brand of Democratic politics. But still, I like the idea because South Carolina seems like, excuse me, much better state to start off the primary process. And the reason why this is so important is because people are just trying to decide who they're gonna pick for days leading up to these primaries, who does really well in races before their state influences their vote a lot. And so if you come out swinging as the person who crushed it in Iowa, a lot of people will think, okay, maybe this is the person that I should go for. They're the most likely to be able to win the general. And so it holds a lot of weight. And so changing it would mean a lot and would probably change the types of candidates that do well in the whole primary. Uh, but again, Biden likes this idea, especially if he's running for president in 2024, because last time he did really good in South Carolina. Specifically, what's being highlighted is the black vote is obviously a lot more black people percentage wise in South Carolina compared to Iowa. And they came out in huge numbers for Biden. And so that could be playing a role. But I like it. Again, I like this idea. I think it would be a better uh, way to kick off the primary season. But here's what's being reported. President Biden has asked leaders of the Democratic National Committee to make South Carolina the nation's first primary state, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada a week later, and hold subsequent weekly primaries in Georgia and Michigan, according to Democrats briefed on the plans. The tectonic decision to remake his party's presidential nominating calendar for 2024 came as a shock to party officials and state leaders who had been lobbying hard in recent weeks to gain a place in the early calendar, which historically attracts millions of dollars in candidate spending and attention. While many in the party had long anticipated changes, the specific order Biden proposed had generated little, if any, chatter in Democratic circles. Much of the talk among Democrats had not focused much on either South Carolina going first or Georgia joining the early mix. So it's kind of getting a few of these states that, again, have a more uh, diverse, diverse demographic um, earlier on in the process so that the perception of 
those watching TV, seeing results come in from the earlier states, doesn't get skewed towards just what one part of the Democratic Party wants. Instead, it's more representative. That's the idea. Again, I think this is just different interests at play. Biden probably thinks it would help him in 2024. But if he authentically is uh, wanting to do this because it'll give a voice to people in the Democratic Party who a lot of times don't have enough of a voice, then awesome. And even if he's not, I still think it should happen. Here's a clip from MSNBC of this being reported. Posing major changes to the Democrats' 2024 presidential nominating schedule, including doing away with the Iowa caucuses altogether. Sources confirmed to NBC News that President Biden has asked Democratic National Committee leaders to shake up the calendar to enhance the influence of non-white Voters, in its current format, the Iowa caucuses kick things off, followed by contests in New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. But the new proposal calls for South Carolina to start the process, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada, on the same day, then Georgia, then Michigan. <coughs> Iowa would see, would see its caucuses replaced with a traditional primary. So, Jim, I remember. And you could see there that Jim Clyburn was on uh, with them. And he's from South Carolina, and it kind of highlights the reason why this is so important. And we've seen people from Iowa start coming out and being angry that this is being discussed. Because if you're a representative from one of those states, it gives more of a voice to your state if your state matters a lot in the primary process. So if you care about your voters, you want them to get as large of a voice as possible. But also, you want yourself to be more in the mix. And if you're a representative from a state that matters a lot, the presidential candidates are going to want to make a nice with you, right? Get your endorsement because in theory, your voters will go along with that. And uh, it matters a lot more that you're from that state, that you're represented there. And so that fight is going on right now. Now that this proposal has been discussed. But again, I like the idea of mixing it up and we'll see if it ends up happening. A huge failure on the part of our government, our representatives has occurred. And we discussed about this um, yesterday, but now we've gotten kind of a conclusion. So the Senate has failed to pass a form of the enforcement on the railroad companies and workers unions to give the workers paid sick days. And that was the sticking point. The reason why this rail strike was coming up on December 9th and was going to cost a lot economically was because the railroad companies were refusing to give paid sick days to the uh, workers. And a very reasonable ask on the part of the workers union, but the companies did not go for it, even though they have the profits to do so. And so Biden and the uh, representatives kind of more generally were saying, we can't have this economic damage that a rail strike would cause, $2 billion economically per day. Uh, and so we're going to do something that Congress has the power to do, which is enforce an agreement upon these multiple parties negotiating and say, you have to agree upon this particular form okay, of the agreement. And the one that they were able to get enough votes to enforce did not have the paid sick days in. And you can see here the House had passed a measure that uh, would include the paid sick days, but then the Senate wasn't able to pass it because Republicans didn't go along with it. Some of them did, but not all of them, not enough of them, I should say, not enough to get to the 60 vote threshold. Plus, Joe Manchin did not go along. On this vote, the yeas are 52, the nays are 43, under the previous order requiring 60 votes for the adoption. For the adoption of this concurrent re resolution, the concurrent resolution is not agreed to. Okay, so instead they will be enforcing uh, again for the purpose of preventing a rail strike, a form of the agreement that does increase the benefits of the workers, but doesn't have the paid sick days. And that was the reason why unions weren't on board with it. And so if we had a government that was more reasonable, we would have seen them step in and make sure that the workers got those paid sick days instead of stepping in to make sure that, uh, not only does the economic damage not happen, which I was saying, it makes sense why you would not want that to happen, the damage. It is bad that we're stepping in the way of people's ability to strike, but also we're not even stepping in preventing the economic crisis to give the proper things to the workers. 
were stepping in to give the more favorable thing to the company in this negotiation process, which is really aggravating. But here's uh, Biden walking away from a press conference about this or a speech about it, getting asked uh, when these workers will get paid sick days. And he says the exact right thing, even though he's been in the wrong on some of this as well, uh, he says the right thing on his way out. How soon should rail workers expect sick days? So the question, uh, when will, uh, how soon should rail workers expect sick days? Biden response, as soon as I can convince our Republicans uh, to see the light. And that's exactly right. I've seen a lot of anger towards Biden. And you understand someone who's purported to be very pro-union and um, all this stepping in to prevent the strike from happening. But as I said before, you understand why that action is uh, being pursued because of the devastating consequences economically to the entire country, to workers across the country of a strike like this. But the biggest failure and what so much rage should go towards is the Republicans and Joe Manchin who refused to stand up for workers in this situation. Um, it's really, really aggravating. It's just not that difficult to understand that these rail workers absolutely uh, should have these benefits. Marjorie Taylor Greene said something recently on her little MTG live show about Nick Fuentes. And I want to show you it because it's so illogical. Now, what she says initially is correct. She says Nick Fuentes is racist. That's absolutely correct. But then watch how she connects that to Ye or uh, Kanye West. Most people in this country has no clue who Nick Fuentes is. And if they heard his statements that he makes, they would want nothing to do with him. He sounds like a very immature young man saying hateful things about people and, and, and calling, using a people group, talking about the... Okay, so she's correct that that's what Nick Fuentes is doing. But that's what she does all the time. Talking about people he doesn't like by an entire people group, which is horrible. This is coming from the Jewish space lasers woman, okay? Horrible. Why would he ever do that? And in case you're not familiar, that sounds really weird coming from me. She supported the claims that there was a Jewish space laser causing wildflowers, uh, wild uh, wildfires. And then also saying, oh, I'm not racist or I'm not these things. Yeah, you are if you talk that way because that's how you sound. And I don't know why Kanye West would align himself with that. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Wait, well, watch the rest of this, but what do you mean Kanye West align himself with that? Kanye West is a Nazi. Kanye West said he likes Hitler. Kanye West said he uh, loves the Nazis. What do you mean that Kanye West shouldn't hurt his brand by associating himself with Nick Fuentes? They're exactly aligned on all of this. Because the reality is, why would anyone want to follow or hang out with someone that condemns an entire group of people constantly when he knows nothing. What has he ever done in his life? What government position or when when has he ever been elected? Really, how how is he so all in the know about all these things that he talks about? Because he knows nothing more than anyone else that can sit there on the internet and Google things and look up information, whether it's real or not, and then talk about it on a podcast or, or, or on some some social media site. But that. Hmm. So I don't know whether she put this out exactly before or after or if she even saw what I'm about to show you, but she did seem pretty bitter there. And maybe the reason is because Nick Fuentes has gone after Marjorie Taylor Greene, as you'll hear here. Hey, I said, has she ever done anything that shows good character in her entire life? Like, she's just weak. Well, she'll go and say something edgy to get attention. And then when the pressure comes, she buckles. You know, she's going to be a MAGA mom and QAnon and all that. And then the second that Kevin McCarthy reprimands her and she loses her committee. She so you get the idea. Now, again, these come from deep, dark parts of the Internet. So I really can't decipher when all of this was happening. I don't want to spend enough time in those spaces to figure out that fact. Uh, but whether she heard that, whether it happened before or not, she's trying to distance herself as someone who 
has said things all too similar to some of the stuff we've heard from Nick Fuentes from his type of rhetoric by calling him all of the things that are true, racist, white supremacist, she probably wouldn't use that term, but uh, hateful, but then says that Kanye West shouldn't be associated with Nick Fuentes. But what? why are you trying to make it sound like Kanye West is reasonable or even more reasonable? He also is a Nazi. It's crazy. Again, he's pro-Hitler, um, as we saw on his recent appearance on Alex Jones. So very strange and confused stance being taken by Marjorie Taylor Greene. We get to talk about another one of these or series of interviews I've done with Trump supporters in the past. And these are bonkers. So prepare yourself. Um, of course, to give you the context and then we'll dive in. I had people after my most recent Trump event that I went to and interviewed people at saying they love that content and wished that there was more. And until I can get myself to another event, I'm recapping past ones I've done because y'all haven't seen a lot of them since so many of you have come in recently as far as my uh, audience goes. So here's uh, some speech that Trump gave. I waited outside, caught people as they're about to go in and uh, ask them a few questions. And the two that I want to show you first, and then the third one is just completely bizarre, um, is about the election, okay? These two are about the election. And this just shows you how little, uh, how little information informs a lot of the beliefs that the election is stolen from individuals who believe that. Because this guy, I ask him, do you think you know, this election could be legitimate. And he says, maybe, but we think 2020 was stolen. And I said, how? And then he says that, well, I, there's research, but the guy who told me about it isn't here. So that's it. Just watch for yourself. So if he runs in 2024 um, and he loses, do you think it'll also be stolen again? It could be possibly, but there's no way to say that it will be or will, won't be. And how will you tell if it is or isn't? Like, do you think he could just lose fair and square? Yeah, he could, very possibly. But, I mean, we feel this last election was rigged and that there are a lot of unknown voters that have passed. And how do you vote if you're dead? You're saying people use the names of dead voters? Yes. To vote? Even though that hasn't been shown out well, in any of the court cases or anything? has shown, but... Research from who? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I'd have to ask the person who told me this, and he is not with us today. Mm. I'm going to be honest. If you believe something, like the election was stolen because dead voters, their names were used to vote, let's go ahead and make sure that you know where that came from and don't just believe the person that told you. Because have you never played telephone? Don't you know that hearing something from someone who heard it from something who, uh, who heard it from someone is not a great way to get your information, especially on something as crucial as our democracy. Second, a uh, woman that I talked to said a very similar level of, um, you know, belief, and it was backed by just as much information, meaning very, very little. Um, and then 2020, you think it was stolen yes. from Trump? For sure. And what makes you believe that? I just, I believe it. I, I, when I registered vote here in Austin, the register in Austin, Texas, man, when I was uh, changing states, and she was laughing at me like a week and a half before the election, going, ha ha, this election's already been decided. I was in the car, I had a witness, I'm a caregiver, I was driving this like. Do you think she just meant since Biden was so ahead in the polls? No, he was not ahead in the polls. And no, definitely. No, I mean like uh, no, polling. She was cynical and. Uh, no, 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 no. Because I bet money with somebody that Biden would win, but it wasn't because I had inside information. I don't have inside information. It's just a feeling. Just a feeling? And, and, and just with the common, I mean, just walk around, walk around, walk around the people. people walk around. Hmm. Again, if you heard that coming out of your mouth, wouldn't you think, ah, maybe if I am walking around telling people the election was stolen... I should have a better reason to believe that than it's a feeling and walk around. Uh, I will remind you all that, just so you know, once we are done with the interview, sometimes before the interview, it's delightful sometimes. And then you jump into the conversation. You're like, what? How do we just have such a nice conversation about whatever, the weather, and then dive into that complete bonkersville? It is strange. Now, speaking of bonkersville, here's the final one I want to show you. A guy who believes we have open borders, but 
it doesn't go well <laughs> when I ask, wait, but that's not true. For the audience, what that sign is all about? Well, that sign is about uh, open border. Yeah, you know, every country protects the, the, the country, the people by the border. Every country have a border. Why Biden open their border? But you're, you're, you understand that at the border, thousands upon thousands of people are getting detained every single day and thousands of people are being deported. So we're enforcing the border just maybe not as much as you would like. Well, I don't think I don't think thousands of people is deported. I think nobody's deported right now. Yes, thousands of people are being deported. Before, but no, no, no. Under no, Joe, under no, Joe Biden. No, we, no, we Biden. No, uh. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I love it. Then he goes, "Nah, -uh. <laughs> I don't believe you." Uh, so yeah, very scary because if you can get people to believe claims that you make that are pretty big ones, open borders, stolen election, and convince them that they don't need to have any sort of evidence or anything like that to believe the things you're saying, then as a leader at Trump or right-wing media, you're in a very strong place and have a lot of authority over your audience's views. And that's why we kind of call it a cult because it's not people who say, I like what you have to say because I compare what you say to the evidence that you have and uh, you're really great. It's whatever you say I believe and whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. And that is dangerous. That's very dangerous, as I know you guys are aware. Last thing I'll say, someone asked in a recent video in the comments section uh, if I could tell y'all when these were for the recap segments where I go through past ones. This was the same event as our last video, so May, um, if I'm not mistaken, of 2022, something like that. Thank you all so much for watching today's show. Before you go, on our bonus show, we'll be talking about Elon Musk's disastrous management of Twitter, more information on that. The Justice Department wanting to speak to Mike Pence uh, in relation to the federal investigation into Donald Trump. Got some good economic news we're going to discuss as well as much, 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 much more. So if you want to get access to the Saturday bonus show every single week, you can go to patreon.com slash Luke Beasley. That is patreon.com slash Luke Beasley, as well as getting access to the full video version of the show comes along with that membership. Uh, plus, you're just feeling good for supporting independent media. But with all that being said, have a wonderful uh, weekend, and we'll see you soon.